Welcome back to the Zach Wilde Productions podcast. I am Jack Wilderspin. And I'm Buzz. And today we have a very special guest in the studio, author Sarah Downing. And she's going to be telling us all about the first book in her Wolf Horan series, which is called Bound. And it's with great pleasure that we welcome Sarah Downing to the dungeon. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you very much. And welcome to our dungeon studio. I think you said earlier it's the first time you've <laughs> ever been in a padded room. <laughs> yep. Luckily, you'll let me out at the end of this, I hope. <laughs> depends oh, how well yeah, it depends on how well the interview goes, really. <laughs> so we've asked you in uh, because, as I say, you're, a, you're an author. Uh, you've written so far a trilogy of books. And would you like to introduce those books to us to start with? Yeah, the series is called the Wolf Aaron series. The first book is about a there's two protagonists, Koiran Hiralad, who's a former slave who, at the beginning of the book, is on her way to a temple in Rossi. And uh, the ship's caught in a storm and the crew try to sacrifice her. And she washes washes up on on the beach and is rescued by a former prince who's become a warrior. And in saving her life, he then sets in motion a coup attempt. Right. So these three books, they stick with the same characters or are they they completely different stories? um, No, they follow on from each other, uh, introduce a few more characters in the second book. Okay. And we're really focusing today on the first book, which is, as we've already said, called Bound. I started writing it about... 2007 and then published it about 2015 it took me eight years to write (laughs) (laughs) completely different story to what it started out as um, obviously these things they they grow and they change do you feel that the characters now have become you know really integrated with your own psyche you look at them and really can see their individual personalities yeah that's usually when i get writer's block when i'm trying to write something that the characters don't want to do (laughs) (laughs) Um, do they tell you off (laughs) <laughs> no, not really. But yeah, like I say, I, I try and write a scene and if it's not in keeping, I just really, really struggle. I think I remember reading an article uh, about uh, Robert E. Howard, the author, if you're not familiar with that, the author of the Conan series. The article was about how when he was writing the stories of Conan, it was if he had Conan looming over his shoulder behind him as he was writing, you know. And uh, <laughs> you're kind of giving me that kind of feel that they go, no, don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I think a lot of authors sort of say that that's how it goes. The sort of characters take on a sort of mind of their own and struggle when you start trying to go off. But moving on slightly, because obviously uh, anybody wants to purchase uh, Bound or any of your Wolf Haran series, they're available. I think they're all available on Amazon, aren't they? Uh, yeah, Amazon through the I- iTunes store, so iBooks. As Google a download Press. as well. as uh, uh, yeah, So you can digital. get the hard copy as well. as a, Yeah, a they're download. in digital and print. The next stage and why you're here today is because you are pushing this forward as an audiobook. Yeah, yeah, hoping to get that out in the next couple of months. So have you done all three or is it just the first? It's just the first one at the moment. The narrator's about to start work on book two. Right. How have you found that actually, because you've taken this on board yourself, you've, you've organised the voice actors, or voice actors should I say, you've organised the recording. Uh, are you doing all the post-editing on it? Yeah, I'm doing all the editing, which is fun because I've never done anything like that before. Have you found, I mean, what your experience is now doing that? Um, It took me a while to figure out the process and what to do. I've sort of been working on it for about a year now, so uh, it's getting close to being finished. But yeah, it's just learning the software 
We're going to be listening shortly to a clip of that that you've kindly supplied, so everybody's going to get a feeling for Bound. We'll discuss that in a bit when we listen to it. Um, but we want to ask a few more questions, don't we, Jay? Yeah, so um, why did you choose to format the book in an audio format? Do you believe that audio formats enhance the listener's experience of your story? Yeah, I've sort of just started listening to audio. Um, yeah. I get frustrated with it because I read a lot faster than the, yeah. <laughs> the book that takes me a day to read will take me like 10 hours to listen to, and I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> we'll know what's happening. But the main reason for me looking at audiobooks was because um, they're a smaller market, it's growing, and you're more likely to get discovered as yeah. an audiobook. Yeah. As, I mean, uh, as so. a great audiobook listener myself, I, I mean, I love books, reading books, writing books, but audio, I just find that there's occasions when it might be driving, working, where you can carry on doing what you're doing, but it's also nice to be able to listen to something while you're, you're doing an activity. And I dare say there's a lot of people out there, um, maybe sight impaired people, that obviously an option there is yeah. the audiobook. Yeah, me, I like to sit down with a book and just ignore everything else and not get distracted. You've mentioned briefly at the start of the characters within this story, but for our listeners, can you tell us kind of what kind of setting are we in? Is this, you know, futuristic sci-fi? Is it uh, historical? What are the stories about? Where are they set? Um, it's fantasy. The culture's loosely based on medieval and Viking era. So would you say Games of Thronesy? I mean, I've obviously got the books <laughs> yeah. myself. You've mapped out a whole, would you call it an island? Continent? Continent, Continent yeah. in there with all the cities, place names and everything else. You put a lot of thought into it, Sarah. Yeah, I think I spent probably six months sort of world building, figuring out how the magic would work, what the country looked like, the culture. Oh, I like the idea of that, how the magic works. So you've literally, as an author, you've sat there and said, okay, there is magic within this story. The characters are using magic and (laughs) gone as far as to try and work out exactly how that fits in in a, how would you say, a realistic way? Yeah. um, A believable way. A believable way. I didn't want sort of magic to be a quick fix, you know, oh, they need to get out of the situation. I know, let's do a spell and just... Bazwang, there's a door. Yeah, done kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, so no easy outs. There's no easy outs. That's good. That's good. I also noticed in the back of the books you have also a glossary of terminology. So you've almost invented to a certain degree your own language in there, would you say? Um, yeah, certainly a few words um, just to give a feel of the culture. And I do like books that have made up languages and that. So your readers so. can really get right into this continent, the world building, understanding where the characters are within that world. Yeah. So that's a great journey to go on. You talk about um, books that you've read that you enjoy with the similar genre, so fantasy. Are there any existing authors that you've looked up to in the past or even um, present authors? I grew up reading Tamora Pierce, who's an American author. She writes for young adults. Mm. Um, well, she's got two series based around female knights. One of her series is a girl with wild magic who can shape change into various animals. And so you've drawn some inspiration. In- from inspiration from that. Um, yeah. yeah, I was a big fantasy reader. Ah, so you've mentioned female knights. Now, it's come to our attention that you yourself are quite an accomplished swordswoman. I don't want to say swordsman (laughs) because you are a woman, so swordswoman. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I actually got into the sword fighting to help with the fight scenes in the book. Um, They always say write about what you know, so I had no martial arts background, so I thought it'd be a good idea to have a go. And yeah, I got involved with the traditional English martial arts club locally. We do everything from swords to sword and dagger, quarter staff, shin kicking, fantastic, various boxing styles, wrestling. So, and this is this is with real swords or just um, with with? No, uh, they're, they're still swords. Still sword swords. And, uh, so, blunts. as an author, has that meant that you've actually been able to put a realism into the fight sequences that otherwise maybe other authors would have had to have kind of guessed? Yeah, you know, made the best kind of guesses at how a sword fight uh, would have progressed. 
when I'm writing, if I'm writing a fight scene, I'll sort of be walking it through in my room, sort of trying to figure out, you know, grips and sort of where they're moving. But yeah, I've read some books where they've got fights and you can tell they've based them on sort of TV. They're doing cartwheels yeah. and that in the middle of a sword fight. <laughs> I suppose if, a... if you can act out the scene you're about to write, it makes it so much more fresh in your memory, doesn't it? So that yeah. when you come to... Well, actually, you mentioned that. Your books are quite brutal at times. So, <laughs> yeah. so Jack, you know, the, the thought of Sarah acting out some of these uh, these scenes, she, 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 she is quite brutal with some of her characters. Yeah. Yeah. Backtrack. <laughs> Better backtrack off that one. Maybe it's a good idea we do leave her in a paddock. Yeah, yeah well, like I say, in the first book, because there's a coup attempt, um, I think I kill off about 13 people in the first book. So uh, quite a high yeah. body count. <laughs> and why not? Well, I tell you, this is a great juncture. Why don't you read us the uh, synopsis of Bound? And then we can go straight over and listen to the uh, clip, clip yeah. so everybody can see what the audiobook's going to yeah, sure. have a taste of that. Okay, so uh, Corin Hiralad is a former slave on her way to join the temple in Rossi. When the ship she is travelling on is caught in a storm, she finds herself being offered up in sacrifice, for it's said only a death can calm a storm at sea. Elam, taking part in the ritual of Isildur, discovers Corin on the beach, miraculously alive despite her injuries. With even the doors of the temple hospices barred for the night, Elam has no choice but to take her into his household in order to save her life. But no good deed goes unpunished. When the king is killed in a hunting accident and the man responsible is found dead in his cell, Elam suspects a coup, a worrying possibility, especially when he finds himself named heir to the throne. As the body count rises, the Lord Witten arrests Coiron. Is she involved or is she innocent of the crimes of which she is accused? Elam must discover the truth before he becomes the next victim. Innocent or guilty, one thing is clear: there's more to Corin than meets the eye. Ooh. Should we go? Over to the I clip? really want to listen to the clip. Oh, yeah. really? Do want to listen to the clip? <laughs> okay, so let's go for it. Let's listen to an extract from Bound. The clang of the ship's bell roused me mid-morning. We had survived another night. Sitting up, I rubbed at the crick in my neck, surprised I had managed to sleep after all. Morning. The priest had his healer's kit on the bunk beside him and was busy unwrapping blood-stained bandages. My breath hitched in my chest as I caught sight of the wound. The flesh around it was swollen, angry red, and when he removed the dressing he had packed into it, it was covered in pus. I watched as he added herbs to the vinegar to help with the infection, before packing in a fresh dressing. Seeing my worried look, he forced a laugh. <laughs> Don't look so grim, he told me as he wrapped the wound once more. It's not nearly as bad as it looks. I didn't believe him. Even if I had not seen the past, his eyes were fever bright behind his mask. I had seen similar wounds often enough in the slave markets to know that if he could not get the infection under control, he would be dead within days. If he died before the storm abated, there would be no one to stop the captain sacrificing me to the sea god. We should make landfall sometime today, the priest reassured me. The captain is surely not foolish enough to try to outrun this storm all the way to the port in Callistus. The fear that constricted my chest eased a little. Once we made land, he would be able to seek the aid of a healer temple. As proficient as his herbcraft seemed to be, he needed a healer mage. I just had to avoid the captain until then. With nothing to do in the cabin, we dozed on and off, the priest sleeping for longer and longer stretches as the day wore on. The crash of the cabin door thrown open startled me awake. I froze with fear as a half-dozen brawny sailors rushed into the cabin. Four of their number pinned the priest to the bunk. The other two advanced on me. 
I grabbed the knife as one of the sailors yanked me to my feet. Following the priest's advice, I slashed the blade across the sailor's throat, wincing when hot blood sprayed across my face and pattered against the bulkhead beside me. The sailor slumped to the floor, dead. His companion recoiled from me with a surprised oath. They had not expected me to be armed. It's not the way. I recognized the Jahasta, the man in charge of the ship's rowers, as he stepped into the cabin, pushing his dark, curly hair back from his eyes. We've got her. <clears throat> Leave her alone, the priest ordered through chattering teeth as he struggled and failed to free himself. I could hear the shortness of his breathing, see the sheen of sweat on his skin. He would be dead by moonrise if not before. The sailors knew it too, for they ignored him. I set my grip on the knife as the Jahasta advanced. He grabbed my knife hand when I tried to stab him, his fingers digging into the soft flesh of the underside of my wrist. I dropped the knife with a cry of pain. He kicked it out of reach beneath the bunk and backhanded me across the face. I fell to my knees, my ears ringing and spots dancing before my eyes. After jerking me to my feet, the Jehesta swept me up over his shoulder and carried me out into the night. Cold rain pummeled my back as the Jehesta carried me across the pitching deck. At last, he set me down before the captain, who stood in front of the bipedal mast. A man I took to be the wizard stood at his side. Lean and wiry, he reminded me of a half-drowned vulture, with his bald head and feathered cloak. This had better work, the captain warned the wizard, his hair whipping in the wind as lightning split the sky. Across the priest together. File me and I will hand you over to the constables of Thinis when we return home. Leaving me to the wizard, he stalked back towards the tiller. The Jehester held me steady, and the wizard started to chant, the soft, sibilant words somehow carrying above the howling wind. He swayed in time to his chanting, waving his hands before him in ritualistic gestures. I tried to pull my gaze away from the wizard and couldn't. The Jehester released me when I began to sway as well. Suddenly, the wizard reached out to tap me sharply on the forehead between the eyes. His power struck me with the force of a hammer, stealing my breath and stilling my heart in my chest as it washed through me, driving my souls before it. Disconnected from my body, I watched helplessly as the wizard led me to the starboard rail and wrapped his off-arm tight about me, pinning my arms to my sides. Drawing a blunt-tipped gold-bladed knife from the folds of his cloak, he laid the edge against my neck, tight beneath my jaw. The ship jerked, timbers shrieking as the wizard drew the blade across my throat. I heard the sailors cry out in fear. The wizard released me, letting my body tumble over the rail. I hit the water with a solid slap. The shock of the frigid water jolted my consciousness back into my body. I gasped for breath, shocked to discover I could still do so, and inhaled salt water. The brine burnt in my wound and lungs and stung my sinuses as the storm dragged me down, tumbling me like a rag doll. So that was a rather um, dark um, <laughs> segment of the book, but really interested to listen to more, definitely. Going off topic a little bit, you say you start writing in... 2007 which is yeah. quite a while ago is there any advice you would give to your younger self when writing is there anything you've learned in the process that you would like to go back and yeah uh, certainly definitely read it read the work out loud you pick up more errors interesting um it improves so the flow than just self, sort of reading self, it on the... proofreading it yourself it, yeah. it's yeah, easier um, if you read it aloud yeah yeah i mean i do pay for an editor which is definitely a good idea and i paid for someone to do the cover art yeah. Definitely a good investment. Mm. But yeah, I mean, listening to the audiobooks, doing the editing, there's bits I think 
Yeah, that doesn't quite flow properly, but because it has to match the books, it means yeah, re-editing yeah. the books, which... Too yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, Sarah, the Sarah Downing, you are an author, but that's not your full-time job, is it? No, I'm so, a... so, do you want to tell us, uh, tell the listeners, what is it that Sarah does outside of writing these amazing books? Um, yeah, well, I'm a protected species ecologist, so, I'm, so throughout that? the summer I'm yeah. out surveying for bats, badgers, dormice, waterfalls, great crested newts. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, writing uh, sort of way to relax and sort of downtime between surveys. And, Okay, so where would you say you do most of your writing? Is that, what, in hotel rooms, in um, tents? <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of wherever I get five minutes. A lot of my writing I, I do at home over the winter because I get four months off. Then everything's hibernating over the winter, so it's a good time to write. Like I say, sort of whenever I get chances between surveys, uh, while I'm waiting for contractors to turn up and things. So We had a um, discussion a couple of episodes ago about taking notes before you um, embark on writing a story. Do you like to write notes physically or do you use your phone when you get an idea? I've yeah. got a notebook that I keep notes in. Yeah, so if you yeah, find I mean... yourself in a, in a woodland setting somewhere yeah. and you suddenly come up with a, oh, this is a great idea, yeah, um, I mean, how do you jot it down? Uh, I've got notes on my phone. Like I said, I've got a notebook that I keep next to the bed because, so's law, the minute I lay down to go to sleep, that's when I figure they're out the next yeah. scene for the book. <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> it's Do you have any of those situations where you've come up with a brilliant idea it's just not the right time to jot it down and then you kick yourself afterwards because yeah, you go, I can't recall yeah. <laughs> how yeah, that's it the, quite went. That's the notebook next to the bed now. <laughs> right. The yeah. flip side of that as well is sometimes you get an idea in the middle of the night or whatever and you write it down, you look back on it and you think perhaps it wasn't quite as yeah. good as I thought it was at the time. Yeah, all the notes I make, I very rarely refer back to them. I mean, I plot the books out as well and yeah. the minute I finish plotting and start writing, it all changes. So do you want to go back into the characters for a moment? Who are the main characters in these stories? There's two protagonists, Coiran and Elam. Then book two, I introduce two more characters. The trilogy that it stands at at the moment, it's the flowing story of those two main characters. Yeah, it's mostly focused on okay, them. Okay, so for our listeners, do you want to just give maybe, maybe a little bit of background on, on both those characters? Um, yeah, I won't say too much about Coiran. She's got a secret in the past of her heritage that... Right, it's you like of... a good secret too, <laughs> don't you, Jack? You're yeah, amazing. it's sort of the main plot point that's revealed at the end of the first book, so I don't Ooh. want to give too many spoilers <laughs> no, away. No spoilers, no. Um, Guys, go read it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, Elam is a, well, he, he was a prince, he was heir to the throne, and then his fiancée was killed in a raid that was supposed to take him prisoner. He blames himself, gives up the crown to become a warrior, and then uh, discovers that his father didn't change his will and that he's still heir to the throne after his father's death. Oh, wow. And he has to choose between honouring his duty to his country or the oaths he's sworn to Coiran. Well, so there's lots of elements at play, really, for yes, yeah. lots of tasks for the characters to overcome as well. And you've got lots of underlying plots and weaves within the story, yeah? Yeah. There are a few chapters in there told from the bad guy's point of view. Yeah, there was one scene where he ends up killing the woman he loves. I didn't just want to do that. I wanted his conflict in having to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's definitely better to see it from two perspectives, isn't it, with something like that? Yeah. I mean, we joked a little bit earlier about uh, the fact that it's, it's quite dark in your stories at times um, and you're quite vicious to, to the characters. Focusing on Bound today, yeah, it gets a bit gory at times. Dare, dare I ask, you know, is there a darker side to Sarah? Where, where do you draw upon? Uh, some of it is from historical references. The king in it is killed in a hunting accident, which is, it was King Rufus who was shot 
in the Chester and hunting accident, mm-hmm. whether it was an accident or not, they all hightailed it back to court to claim the throne. His friend disappeared to France and never came back, and they left the local villages to cart the king's body back to London. So you do a lot of research into <laughs> um, historical background as well. Yeah, it's sort of I have an idea and sort of go off and do a bit of research and think yeah. something will pop up. It's like, oh, I can use that. <laughs> Where you have a character and you've decided to be particularly brutal to that character, I mean, do you say, "Oh no, I really can't do this," or do you sort of like, okay, "No, no, I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be nasty because it's gonna come again." How, how far am I gonna go with this? Do you do it for the shock factor for the readers, or is it just you want to uh, be horrible to characters? <laughs> no, it's uh, well, historically, so there would have been a lot more sort of brutal, yeah. brutal murders. Certainly in the Viking area, if you killed somebody, you were given to the victim's family to either be killed by them or to so do their jobs. Stuck with that kind of so, yeah, it's historical a, flow of, of what could happen to characters. Yeah, and, when it comes to royalty and kings and that, it's full of murder and poisonings. Oh, it's nice, uh, nice to know where that <laughs> side, side comes from. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm a bit worried here. We're, we're in the dungeon sound sound booth. Yeah, it's 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 quite uh, tight here here. <laughs> Oh. edging away back and to edging away <laughs> you know if we go any further we'll be out in the gallery with the man in the gallery who's we can see him grinning from there great well okay if anybody wants to get hold of the books where can they go through to sell them i know we mentioned briefly earlier but just to recap they're on most major distribution sites though amazon barnes and nobles itunes do you have your own blog or anything like that people um, can follow I do. I can't actually remember the address off the top of my head at the moment. Um, Is it easy to Google? If I Googled Sarah yeah, Downing? If you or... put Sarah Downing in and Wolf Haran, should pop straight up. Okay, excellent. And so can you go onto that blog and sign up and follow posts, etc. on that? Yeah, um, I'm not writing a lot of posts at the moment because I'm concentrating on the writing and getting the audiobook finished. Well, that's um, going to probably bring us on to our next question, isn't it, Jack? And that is, what have you uh, got in the pipeline? Well, I'm halfway through writing book four at the moment. I was planning to have book four as the last book. But I think there's a few plot lines I won't be able to tie off, so it might be a short story at the end of that. Have have you thought about diverting off with other characters and giving them their own uh, um, spin-offs? I've got two spin-offs planned, uh, one about Coyron's parents and another one about how two of the characters I introduced in book two met. So you're really expanding the world as well? Yeah, and then I've got a vampire duology that I'm planning to write. Has this got nothing to do with this series? Yeah, no, completely separate. Completely separate. Interesting. Do you want to give us any... (laughs) Don't give us too much spoilers, but anything on that? I'm planning to have it as a sort of urban fantasy alternate history. What time period would that be set Um, in? Sort of modern day, the vampire was Second World War. I'd read somewhere that Winston Churchill was a druid so that mm-hmm. seemed like a nice idea yeah. to Certainly play with that and a sense of theme as well with you saying about historical background as well that's obviously an historical event or theory that you've carried and you've put into a story yeah which is I mean, some, because I hated yeah. history at school. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, sometimes it just takes to read a small caption. I think uh, the, the author escapes me, but the chap who wrote uh, Equus, I don't know if you're familiar with no, that. No, I'm not familiar um, But I, I believe he was on a train. He just read a very small, tiny little story where some horses had been killed. Hmm. That sounds terrible to listeners, but if you've ever read Equus, I'm, I'm giving plot spoilers here. What I'm trying to say is the author actually read just a very small thing and then from that created a whole yeah. story, a whole novel from just a very small thing. So when you're saying about you heard that uh, Winston Churchill was a druid, then you let it go. Run with it. Yeah. Just run with it. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. So back to the audio, when can we see that being released? I'm hoping to have it finished and 
out in the next couple of months. I'm not sure how long it takes to sort what of go platforms through. platforms are you looking to release that um, on? It's going to be through Amazon. It'll be on Amazon, Audibles, iTunes. All downloads, obviously. All downloads. If anybody wanted a physical copy. I'm in discussion with, with... <laughs> Zach Wild Productions. Yay, that's what <laughs> so, we like to hear. Um, yeah, if anybody wants a physical copy, <laughs> then you'll be able to, once it gets released, you'll be able to go onto the Zach Wild Productions website and get yourself a, a physical CD copy there yeah. if that's what you want. Personally, I like a physical copy. I, mm. I do download audiobooks, but I do like my physical copies as well. Brilliant. Any other questions, Jack? I think we've found out as much as we can, really. <laughs> yeah, we've exhausted you. Is there anything you want to add, Sarah? Um, no, not that I can think of. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for coming along. I yeah, don't know about you, fun. but I want to get out of here quick. Yeah. <laughs> I can see she's got the uh, the hot pincers. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm fully unarmed today, promise. She's unarmed. <laughs> Don't believe that the tea is not dangerous in an unarmed situation. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. It's been an absolutely fantastic time having you in. I hope that all our listeners have enjoyed the, the uh, excellent little snippet they've heard from Bound. Yeah. And, uh, Would you like to come back and yeah, talk we'll, about your future projects as well? Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. Well, we wish you all the best for this particular audio release of Bound. And of course, as Jack says, please come back anytime and uh, you can bring us up to date with the further novels, however things going with your Wolf Horror series and of course the vampire books have we got any idea of a title for those yet or um, is it too early in that no i've got the titles already i'm planning to call them flesh and blood nerve and bone flesh and blood and nerve and, and bone, bone. Ooh, that's keep, it. With, the, the keep with the dark <laughs> keep with the dark brilliant sarah it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much okay thanks so thank you to Sarah Downing for coming along and talking to us about her new book, Bound. I, for one, am really excited for this one. Yes, certainly. It'd be very interesting to, as somebody who's read the actual book itself, to see how that comes out in the audiobook format performed by a voice artiste. Yeah, absolutely. And so, as always, we're going to go to our social media roundup. I believe you have some inquiries. Yes, we've had a few inquiries. It's mostly been about being a voice actor. And if you want to get involved with Zach Wall Productions, being a voice actor, then it's very simple. All you need to do is to go to the Zachwell Productions website, which is www.zachwellproductions.com. Look for the contact details. And if you have a voice reel, by all means, send it over. We'll listen to all of them and get back to you if we uh, need any characterizations, any characters for any audiobooks or audio dramas, then we will contact you and let you know. But we're always looking for new voices, new talent. So please, yeah, if you've got yeah. anything you want to add to that, by all means, once you've listened to this podcast, stick it down in the comments, give us feedback and we'll help out however we can. Absolutely, yeah. Get involved as well. Get as involved, get involved. So we'll finish it up there. Of course, you can follow Zach Wild Productions on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as listening to this podcast and previous episodes on YouTube, Podbean and Spotify and also the website. ZachWildProductions.com yeah, I think that's about it, isn't it, Jack? Yes. Great, well, thank you for listening, and that leaves us with just one thing to do. Cue, Cue the, the jingle! jingle.